Um, I don't really think that, you know, I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm that drunk. Um, Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who's checked out one of the last 299 episodes. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show and just coming in to watch this for some godforsaken reason, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friends. It's a celebration, motherfuckers. We're drinking tonight. It is a Saturday. I don't normally record on Saturdays, but we are here celebrating tonight. I'm celebrating with two friends. To past guests of the show, please make some noise for Toddy Tondera of hey. Lifty Podcast Hi. and Louis Snyder of the OTB Vegetarian Menu and the band Riparian. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Very so, excited. For those of you that don't know, uh, Toddy, you may not know, but uh, on Thursdays, they have vegetarian night at OTB in the South Side. Mm-hmm. And there's a, like a high, is it a high school photo? It's a high school photo. Of, of Lou <laughs> on the menu. Did you have a beard in high school? No, I didn't. I did. Yeah. But then I decided to shave it for picture day. Okay. Because I knew in the Respect. future that it would just been funny. So look, yeah, that's you, that's you looking out for future you. Yeah, that's you looking out for future you. you. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so we are here today. This is officially the 300th episode of Start the Beat with Sykes. So I've just invited some friends to come by the studio. There's really no reason for us to be doing this other than just being human beings together on this planet Earth. And mm-hmm. we're just going to hang out. We're going to talk. I got listener questions uh coming through hopefully in the moment we maybe we'll pull up some stuff on the youtube maybe some funny wrestling things toddy brought some uh some thrifty goods yeah 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 we have some beer i'm sure lou has some things to talk about beer the alcohol baby yeah beer the one and only alcohol (laughs) so shout outs real quick to penn brewery who is still not a sponsor of the show and why would they be (laughs) Because they're obviously getting free advertisement. Yeah. So as we sit here and drink this good beer, I'm just going to tell everybody to not go to Penn Brewery until they sponsor my show. Dang. Just kidding. Go to Penn Brewery. I don't mind paying for the beer. It's only like 12 bucks for a six pack. That's affordable. Mm -hmm. And support local business. Hell they, yeah. they, they, they may be they may have a big building, but they're still a small business. You feel me? I feel you. I feel you. Well, this wasn't the building that it's in. I'm assuming that it wasn't. a. It, how long has this been here? I'm, well, I'm assuming forever. Penn Brewery, I believe, has been a building since 1985, which is also ironically as long as I've been a human. Ah, so we okay. share that in common. Okay. Another reason they should sponsor me. But outside <laughs> of that. Uh, I believe that this building has always been a brewery since the late 1800s. Well, it has early the 1900s. Old, yeah. The old stuff in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it has always been a brewery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're a small business uh, podcasting in its own way as a small business, even though I make no money from it. Toddy, do you make money from Thrifty? Do you do any sponsorships? 
Uh, making money through podcasting. That's a weird thing. I mean, live gigs, maybe. Sure. Um, sure. But I mean, ultimately, if the, if the question is, do I, or do I not know? I do not. I do not at all. (laughs) What about, what about you? Do you make any money from the OTB menu? Absolutely not. Okay. I, Very cool, I get, folks. I get, we did it. I We're get, adults. I get great conversations coming through with it, though, Like, because I'm usually down there on a Thursday just hanging out, and uh, people are like, did you really eat 72 seitan wings? And I'm like, yeah. Did you? I did. Well, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Because that's what it says like on my uh, high school yearbook photo over below it. It was kind of like a... a thing off of like the simpsons where like homer has like the you know activities none you know accomplishments none but 872 satan wings so <laughs> what so that's what you were uh voted most likely in high school what were you voted most likely in high school to do oh i don't know i don't think i was voted to do anything oh okay i was very <laughs> i was very uh anti i was i was a bit of a bad boy in oh i know we talked about that uh you know it's actually really funny uh, i'm gonna shout out my 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 good old my good old friend caitlin morgan okay from uh from way way back in the day because she actually commented on a post earlier today when i was talking about doing this 300th episode Mm-hmm. and uh you know i was like hey i still need some people to come over if anybody wants to come by so let's put this up on the screen real quick so uh okay everybody can see this real quick here let's uh let's zoom in here so <laughs> caitlin caitlin morgan said i'll come and regale you with stories about how cute you were were a kid like the time you got suspended for tagging a textbook in seventh grade or in 10th grade when you got suspended for telling a teacher fuck you because you had to use the bathroom during lunch and they wouldn't let you go <laughs> I appreciate that um, for folks just listening and not watching the video, it's a tagging on this is in quotes. Yes. It's in air quotes. Tagging. <laughs> tagging. I, uh, I was voted. Uh, the reason why I asked that is I was uh, voted most likely to drown in the pool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of rough. <laughs> no, that's, just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like hazing. It was just like. He's that guy. Like, let's just like, oh, you know, let's give him that. You That's know. oddly specific, too. Yeah. Well, I hung out in the pool because, uh, yeah, like gym class in high school was like you played racquetball. You went to the weight room, which I obviously did not do. I don't even know what the inside of that thing looks like. Played basketball, which I did do, but all the cool kids played basketball. So I could only play when the cool kids let me or I just hung out in the pool. So they were as a bit they were just like most likely to drown in the pool it wasn't like a (laughs) hazing moment or anything i actually i got uh i got mono in 10th grade yo so i I, I, so i couldn't i couldn't participate in gym class for the rest of the year and i milked that shit my entire high school career yeah 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 so mono every day yeah always yeah consistently and all i did was draw i just drew in my sketchbook and like listened to like dying fetus on my like little disc man or sick mortal kombat mortal kombat sure i probably listened to a mixture of dying fetus the mortal kombat soundtrack and evanescence because i'm an embarrassing human being (laughs) i I don't think you have anything to be embarrassed about Uh, (laughs) i just saw this fantastic uh there's a i guess uh amy lee has a guest spot on the new body count album 
and there's this photo of Amy, Amy Lee and Ice T just like posted up next to each other, and it is awesome. That's is, awesome. Is Evanescence <laughs> still a band? Yeah, they are still a band. I mean, it's pretty much just Amy Lee plus hired guns at this point. Okay. But I yeah, mean, everybody's got their Evan- thing. Evanescence is still a band, and they still sound like Evanescence. Okay. But uh, yeah, okay. I have this. Uh, Papa Roach, still a band. Yeah. Papa Roach. Papa still Roach a band. Really? still a band. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout outs to my buddy Derek Reed from Some Die Nameless Promotions. They, I actually recorded an episode with them. It's coming out soon. But they are trying to organize uh, an event for um, the birthday of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater where they're going to have like bands playing at a skate park and doing like covers of songs from the Tony Hawk soundtrack. I got chills. Which I is, love it. It's super Pretty awesome. It's super yeah. sick. I love it. It's so sick. It's such a good idea. He has Sykes in <laughs> a New Violence to play. Unfortunately, we're in the middle of recording a new album. We don't have time to learn other songs. But whenever he asked me to play, I was going through and I was like, Blood Brothers by Papa Roach, definitely on Tony Hawk 2. And that would be a really good Sykes and a New Violence cover. Mm-hmm. I'd totally do Psycho Vision. From oh, yeah. Tendencies. Hell yeah. yeah. That's a cool one. Yeah. Tony Hawk 2 has <laughs> all the heaters, dude. Um, I Yeah, I had one. I had two. And I don't know if I went to bed for a few years, but I had one, two. And then I got Tony Hawk's Wasteland. Oh, wow. That was like the Bam Margera Don Vito bullshit where it was like, yeah, it's fun to like beat up your family members and film it and put it on MTV. Here's this picture of Amy Lee and Ice-T. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, actually. Okay. They're yeah. both holding up pretty yeah. well. Very yeah, good yeah. for them. I mean, I'm proud not, of them. You can Google it. I'm, I, I saw my phone, so I can't pull it up on the screen. But mm-hmm. yes, Amy Lee's out there with Ice-T. She looks great. He looks great. That's all you need to know. Yeah, they just uh, <laughs> Evanescence just released a... Uh, a reasonably okay cover of Fleetwood Max The Chain, which is that's a rough song to cover. That's a bold move. Mm-hmm. That's a bold move. I will say this. If you're going to cover Fleetwood Mac, you need the male and the female counterparts in the vocals. And you need inner band turmoil. Totally. Yeah. But my thing was, it's just Amy Lee on the song. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that counterpoint. I'm saying they should have got that dude that did the rap verse on Bring Me to Life to do the <laughs> counterpoints. Or they could have got Ice T. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. I think he was in a band called 12 Stones. I'm not entirely too sure, but I'm, I'm almost positive they're probably playing Jurgles or the Craft House soon. It's probably <laughs> inevitable. Yo, you are so right. <laughs> That's so weird. The Those are Jurgles bands, yeah. Yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong. I respect that culture. That's cool. You know, get gigs wherever you can get gigs. That's cool. But like, there, if if you hear a band is playing at Jurgles, you're like, <laughs> mm, let me see what this sounds like. Because Chris Jericho, also a wrestler, has a band named Fozzy. Quietly has been making money with Fozzy since the late nineties. Oh, yeah. He plays at Jurgles all the time, and he was he was just a champion in AEW wrestling. So he's out there still making music. Book Jurgles. If you could get Jurgles, I'd love to get Jurgles. So I, f- I feel amen. like Dude. I feel like you gotta get Jericho on Thrifty. Yikes! That's impossible. No, I love it. I love it. It's impossible. If he's on tour with yeah. Fozzy, yeah. Okay, it. okay, okay. I'll try to get like, Jericho what? on Thrifty. So this is a bit of a an interesting thing. I know that we could say like you know if if Riparian could play with any band, who would it be? And that's like, you know, that's it's an easy thing to do. But if Toddy could interview anybody or play with any band with Perry, and I fucked that up. I think I fucked. It. You knew what I was saying. Uh, yeah, I that's OK. We're we're, right now, we're, yeah. we're 11 minutes in and we're already. Uh, we're yeah, we're, we're cool. We're cool. 
But you know what I'm saying. But yeah, if you okay. could have anyone on Thrifty. If I could have anyone on Thrifty. So for folks who uh, haven't heard of Thrifty before, what I do, um, me and my friends, we go out thrifting every week and we bring back thrifted items and talk about it for a podcast. You could check it out at thriftypodcast.com. Um, so the interesting thing about Thrifty is the fact that like if you could have anyone on Thrifty, um, the point of the show is to go out thrifting. So I would have to take this individual thrifting with me. So there are a lot of people I'd like to interview, but I don't know if there's a ton of people I'd like to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, it is rather a commitment. You've been you've been I've, on the I've show. I've done the show. You know, you 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 may go to multiple thrift stores. Yeah, and you also you know you get some food. You hang out. There's a whole lot of yeah. It's like it's a thing. It's a thing. I would uh, Tom Green. Ooh, oh, Tom yeah. Green. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, and to and and what I'm thinking for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, um, because like I want somebody that would probably do it. Maybe because um, there are a lot of people I could think of that I'm just like they're just not gonna hang out with me for the whole day. Um, but Tom Green, because I think like he would do it probably if he was in town. Like I'm saying if I was like, you know, not that he would just show up, but I'm saying like, I think maybe I could like convince him a little bit, but also, um, he was the first, uh, person in comedy that I took to and like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And so he was like comedy for me. That was, that was what comedy was. So I would love to have Tom Green. You know, what's so funny when you think about Tom Green or like that that whole generation that he came from, yeah, it's like how did Tom Green somehow be like this like artisanal, uh-huh. mature fart joke teller? Uh huh. <laughs> well, because it's all like you know what I mean. Like there, yeah. I guess because there's like a certain humility to him, and he's very transparent about a lot of things in his life. So yeah. it's like he's a real human. It's not just dick yeah. jokes all the time. But I mean, like. When you think Tom Green, I mean, you think like absurdity, putting to, cheese on his face, like yeah. like spray painting like naked individuals on his parents' car, like <laughs> making statues. And if uh, something about Tom Green, obviously, it's just I like it because it makes me laugh. But something that I always appreciated about Tom Green, and even in my own works. Um, I'd like to think I tip my cap to it. Not that I'm anywhere as good as him, but, um, what I liked about Tom Green is there was always a community within the show. Um, his show was him, uh, on a higher scale, obviously it's MTV, everything like that. Um, he's still on public access, uh, a bunch of stuff, but I'm saying like the, 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 what everyone thinks of Tom Green, he like hung out with his friends and got paid to do it. And I think that's so important. Because if you're hanging out with your friends, I've made a friend today, you're my friend, you're having fun. And Tom Green was on MTV getting paid to hang out with his best friend, Glenn Humplick. And then his boy was in the back, like drinking coffee, looking over the thing. So ultimately, his friend group made it. And that's what I've wanted to do with Thrifty since Thrifty began. Like, I just want to just be with the, the the people. When I say be with the boys, I don't mean gender specific. I'm just saying be with the crew. Yeah. Like, be with your people doing what you like to do. And that's why I, I enjoy podcast. And that's why what I first appreciated about Tom Green, it was just his world on television. 
And that's why I said Tom Green. That was sorry for being that, that guy. But I'm saying like Tom Green is hilarious to me. And yeah, he could just, you know, do whatever he wants. But I'm saying like, that's why though. That's truly why, because I saw his work and I was like, He's hanging out with his friends and getting paid with it. And he's like riding a tricycle into mud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, seems sick to me. Like, yeah. So respect to Tom Green. I've def- seen him a couple times. I definitely times. feel like he's like influenced a lot of people to do something like that. I mean, look at Viva La Bam and like the Tony Hawk crew and the Jackass crew, for instance. Like Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. I like Johnny Knoxville. I feel bad for the environment that he surrounded himself with for the majority of his life. You know what? (laughs) You know what? I'm with you. I'm like right here with you on that. Like right here. Yeah. Like because like I like Johnny Knoxville, but like the whole Bam Margera thing was never a fan. It was just a little bit too. Well, that's what I was like getting. Like it was just like. Like I get it, but it was too like. It was like too abrasive. It was. It was definitely scripted it was too I like feel, entitled oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah it was always way. scripted yeah. yeah but just like entitled in like no bizarre, yeah totally you know that's I mean? a like, great word yeah like i don't like i don't need to see like the like uh the rich boy embodiment of a mall rat like i'm just <laughs> not a fan of it no you're a hundred percent right like i have all this money and i'm dressing like a music performer him Remember yeah him oh yeah him. oh yeah and he just dressed him, so. like him and hung out with the the musician him and like abused his family <laughs> and uh the one uh bam margera sketch and idea that i really liked was it was so simple it, and it was just really funny and i'm sure uh yeah, you probably remember it. it's when he took every article of clothing of his father's and ironed on a hamburger to it. <laughs> so every every one of his shirts, he went into his dad's closet, just took like, you know, what? how many shirts did dads have? Like 16? Yeah. So he took all his shirts down. And what he did is he just got like, a, yeah, he got an iron and ironed on the same hamburger stencil onto his shirts so through the canon of um the yeah jackass and probably viva la bam every time you'd see phil margera he'd have a burger like on his chest because bam did that that type of stuff i like other than that what you just said is exactly how i feel it's just like this rich boy who's pretending not to be rich doing all this extravagant thing with mtv money like and that's then, not like, that fun. And then it, yeah, and then it just got kind of sad. It's still sad. Yeah, he's yeah. still dealing with some issues, and obviously those aren't funny. But like, he's still dealing with some issues. But I'm saying like it got very, very sad because he got, <laughs> you know, like older, and you're just like, brother, you gotta like stop picking on your dad now. <laughs> <laughs> you're like 37. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, isn't your dad a peer? Now, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fun when you're a kid and picking on your older people. But I'm saying, like, if you're is, like, in your range of your, like, you know, older people, like, yeah, stop picking on people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Tom Green, (laughs) Johnny Knoxville. Getting old is fun. Oh, is it? We're all in our 30s, right? Yeah. I'm 29. Oh, really? I'm going to be 30 pretty soon. Oh, hey. Happy early birthday. Thanks, man. It's in August. The little 2-9. Yeah. I'm 32, and you look like you could beat the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I don't even know how to throw a punch. (laughs) No, no, I'm not saying you would ever. I'm just saying, like... 
Uh, I will. I'll hug the shit out of you. Okay, that's what I'll do. Okay. Yeah, that's, I feel like yeah, you got like a nice like like, like a potential wrestling physique. I Have you ever thought about you? You, wrestling you seem guy? like a no, nice guy. You know, though. you know what? I actually but thought about it. But you could be a nice it. guy. Uh-huh. Total. No, no. I thought about wrestling nice after um, they're they're uh, down at the Teamsters Hall. They always do like those like amateur wrestling nights and stuff. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan was down there, and I was just like, dude, I got to go see that because Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, Whoa! you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> with the need it, yeah, need it in my life. Um, and like it kind of like inspired me to like want to do it. But at the same time, I was just like, I, I don't know. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I probably could. There, there are some cool people that I know, like within like the wrestling culture out there that have, you know, gone on and done it. It's but. my whole life. Now, I mean, yeah. I'm not a wrestler, but I'm saying yeah. like I lo- I've I've yeah. loved it since the day I was like, remember thought. Yeah. And I've <laughs> never really like that's all that's like my, probably um you got to think my first love. I think it would have to be my first like big like when I say first love, I mean like the first thing I was like into mm-hmm. would be that I'd say, um, if you folks know uh, the band Every Time I Die. I yes. love Every Time I Die. Cool. Yeah. This works so perfectly. Man. <laughs> They're one of my favorites. Um, uh, Andy Williams. Um, okay, cool. I see some head nods. He's a professional wrestler and he's on uh, TNT. Um, he wrestles for AEW um, and he goes by The Butcher. And he is in like he's a, a little older, you know, he's in his, I think, early 40s. But he's like he's just like a, a pork chop <laughs> yeah. and, and he wrestles on cable television um, once a week. And I'm proud of him because he is like an accomplished musician. And late in life, he was just like, I want to do this thing. And so he got in shape. He trained. And now he's pretty badass. So you could see him on, uh, yeah, Wednesday nights on TNT every week. He's in a tag team, uh, the Butcher and the Blade, and he's the Butcher, which is also his nickname because he fucking shreds. You know, that's that awesome. Thing. But anyway, that was my whole tangent on every time I die. I love them as a band. <laughs> <laughs> real, real, real quick, fun question for everybody. Yeah, if you had a wrestling persona, what would it be? That was actually going to be, I was going to lead into that for him. Perfect. Let's, let's go. I'm sure you've thought about this. Uh, everybody looks at me. Um. Okay. Well, yikes. So they say in wrestling, um, the best, uh, the best wrestling personalities are you, like you, who you are with the volume turned up. So who you are with just an, with an exclamation point at the end. So I obviously have to be like this weird kooky guy or whatever. So I think it would just be me and I would just stick my tongue out a bunch. <laughs> like, I <would> just, <laughs> like, because I think like um, in my heart, I'd want to be a baby face, which is a, a, a good wrestler, a, a good guy, a good woman. Um, but I think I'd be uh, easier as a heel because I think if I would walk out of the curtain, you would, you know, when you think of a wrestler, you don't think of this. So I think if I walked out of the curtain, like bro bros are going to be like, oh, like this guy. So I think I'd just be like, yeah, you know, and I think like people would hate it, which is good <laughs> because in wrestling, the idea is you want to get a reaction from the crowd, like whether it's a, a che- like whether you get cheered, whether you get booed, you want a reaction. That's all you want. 
So like sure. I just I would just walk and out and stick my tongue out a lot and be like you, blah, 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 blah. you, you need the booing. It's the the yin and yang. It makes everything a, a yeah. complete picture. I'd cover up though, and I've I've thought about this too. Um oh, like, I bet you have like my gear. <laughs> Like, I think I would want to do like long pants, like what they call a singlet. Um, but with a singlet, I'd want to do like long pants and then like a tank top attached to my pants because I have tattoos and that might be cool to have out. So like a singlet, but I'm, we're covering up the whole body. It is nothing but like, I, my, uh, if I take my shirt off, it looks like a, like a pencil box case, like the top of it. Like, you know, your pencil box case <laughs> yeah. from grade school. I'm a pencil box case under here. So I got to cover that up right quick. But I just would go out there and I think I'd wear a backwards hat and I would just be like, and that's it. Like I just stick my tongue out and people would hate it. Anyway, I thought about it once. <laughs> what about you, Lou? I don't know. I'd probably have to relate some sort of like death metal. Into yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, you'd have to do hair whips and stuff like as like your your. I don't know. I'm losing my hair, too. So like, I can't really do that for much longer. <laughs> I would probably be like a good combination of. Like, we'll the, get it in now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. I'd probably be a good combination of like Stone Cold and the Ultimate Warrior. Ooh. Because like, without the homophobia, I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I was but, kidding. But like um, just like the that stage presence that like both of those characters always had like with the stone cold, like, you know, bartender, throw me a beer. Like that's one of the greatest things. Like even seeing him like on hot ones, like just like, that was like probably my favorite hot ones interview was just him doing like, he's real. Yeah. He's, so he's real. That's his real like persona, like amplified. Yep. And see, yeah, see, it is. It's just you with just the volume turned up, you know, but I also love the ultimate warriors like stage presence where like he would just act like a complete nutcase. Yeah. And like just that, that like as soon as you heard those drums and stuff going and he's out there just, you know, shaking, shaking the, the ropes. ropes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, that's like that was like one of my favorite things to like watch. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, that's awesome. It, it, because you knew uh, in both of those that you enjoy, mm -hmm. you knew when you heard their music hit that shit's about to get whacked. Oh, you heard that glass break? You hear the glass yeah. shatter and you're like, <sighs> <laughs> like, what's like, <laughs> like, who's like, and, uh, yeah, and, in, in in Stone Cold and something I've always remembered about Stone Cold and for whatever reason I think about it all the time like um, so when he would come down to the ring you know he would you'd see his like mouth moving but you wouldn't really hear it but mm -hmm. you know he's like Ugh. and somebody had once upon a time asked him like what do you like what are you saying and he was like well when I would walk down to the ring he was just like I would be like more or less just like making myself feel confident and like getting into character. So he would walk out there and he would just be like, you know, like I'm the, I'm the best, like I'm going to mess you up. Like, no, like I, obviously I'm using not curse words here because they'd be crazy to use. I'm I'm saying curse words are fine, but I'm saying like, he'd just be like, yeah, like I'm going to beat you up. Like I'm going to get you. I'm going to like, he would just be like in his own mind, like just be like, he's like, building confidence in himself like he's you know with that swagger he's like i'm about to mess that guy up i'm about to do this i'm about to drink beer and he would just say this to himself as he was walking to the ring so when he got into the ring he was already like loaded on adrenaline crowd you know <laughs> but austin's awesome. the best austin's the best mm -hmm. in my opinion um there's so many more but i could do this it's all, all about the show should i grab him since we're talking about that sure let's do it all right so with thrifty um, 
uh, as I mentioned, we go out thrifting every week. And I brought a, a couple of finds today um, for uh, my friends here. And uh, what I have in my hand, uh, what I found in this, these, uh, what I brought with me is my recent finds. And uh, Earl Hebner, who was a referee in what's known as the Attitude Era in WWF, um, he then transitioned into total nonstop action wrestling, which was TNA. And he, he's done a lot of other things, but I have a, in my hand, I have an Earl Hebner referee figure from nine, uh, excuse me, 2002. And he uh, counts. So as you hit the little thing on the side of his uh, rib cage, his arm goes up and down. And this is a, a, a Jax figure from 2002 that I just found. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it because like growing up, I had a bunch of these figures. I still do, but I never had a referee. And as a 32-year-old adult, I found a referee. So I'm pretty hyped. <laughs> so I brought it to my friend's 300th episode of I've, his podcast. I feel like it could also be like a great educational tool for like, you know, learning how to count. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get a three count. One more. Yay. Nice. Ding, ding, ding. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was giving some thought to my wrestling persona. Yeah, I gave you some time. Sorry for talking too much. Yeah, it's all good. That's why we're literally here to talk. Don't apologize for the reason that you're here. So I, I am admittedly, I'm not a very physical person. I don't. So, yeah. I, but yeah. I, I, I'm good Same. at hyping things up. So I could see myself being like a like a Paul Bearer type. A manager. Ooh, yeah. But if I'm a manager, let's hype my persona a bit. And let's say like I'm a podcaster and my whole gimmick is I podcast in the middle of the match. And whenever <laughs> like my boy knocks somebody else down, I could run over with a microphone like, how you feeling? And like interview them like in the middle yeah. of the fight. Yeah. You know, he's all beat up. And then like and also have beef with like the commentators that are doing stuff ah, too because they're uh, doing their job, you know. What ah, I mean? That could be fun. Yeah. I yeah. That's what I do see you as. Um, so with like managers, and they're few and far between now, but there are some, but I can see you managing different people. I could see you managing, like you know, maybe a whole stable is what they. I want to manage this tag team. Oh, this is the butcher and the blade, only a different version. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna come out and stick my tongue out, and you know, put the middle finger up and everything like this. Your tongue's the blade. Yep. And then when <laughs> it, and I'll just come out, just like you know, and you take care of everything. Yeah, already drunk, like because because Sykes will be our manager. We'll come to the ring. I'll be the one that gets the crowd booing us because I'm acting like a total freak. And then when somebody comes up to me to try to beat me up, I hide behind you. And then you take care of it because the crowd hates that. The cr <laughs> like the crowd they certainly do. <laughs> like if I if Sykes comes out and like talks crap and I'm just like and they're like oh let's get that like skinny dude and that's when I hide behind you and the crowd's like boo and then you just like pound away you you just beat everyone up for us. I mean neither of you seem like you're gonna ever be like you're gonna do but I'm like. 
you could, if you wanted to, you could seriously pretty much kill people. I bet in the ring, <laughs> in the ring. I'm saying, in the not ring, in life. yeah, yeah. No, in the not ring, in life. For sure. I don't, I don't think either of us are particularly violent people. But for you, we would defend you. <laughs> Thank you, I, I would <laughs> because I'm going to be talking just, too much trash, and I cannot back it up. I'm not going to be able to back it up. I just met you today, and I will defend you. Thank friend. you, <laughs> thank you, brother. I like yeah, it. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers to that. Huh? Fuck yeah. So let's uh. Let's turn this to uh, let's turn this to the realm of being in a band for sure. All right, cool. You know, because that's that's something that you you do a bit, right? You play some guitar. I play a little bit of guitar. You have a death metal band. It's real scary sounding. But sometimes, yeah. You're just quite the teddy bear in person. You're not I very am. frightening at all. <laughs> I feel like all metal heads. You are seem like that very kind of very like, nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you seem very nice. I promise, I don't like want to kill everybody. But no, 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 no. You seem very nice. So what what uh, you know, is the thing that you think attracts you personally to heavy music and this like aggressive creative output? Um, I feel like it's actually displaying a lot of emotion uh, behind like being like the nice person and stuff. Sometimes you do have a little bit of anger inside that you want to, you know, release and uh, through music is the best and most healthy like opportunity to do that. So, um. I don't really think that, you know, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm that drunk. Um, well, I, I think caught me a, off guard on that. Yeah. yeah well, okay. <laughs> well, I think with like, uh, and, 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 and yeah, if I'm, if I'm speaking too much again, sorry. Um, I think with like being in a band, that's a way, uh, at least from people I know that are in bands, that's the way, the way they ex- like express themselves. Yeah. So I'm assuming like, that's what it is for you. It's like expressing yourself. You it's know? yeah. And it's an, it's an expression for sure. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's also fun to do like, like what you guys were saying earlier with like, uh, uh, just you talking about Tom Green, for instance, like being able to do something with your friends and stuff and like being able to make make a little bit of money off of it and whatnot. It's kind of how I feel with like my boys in Riparian because there you go. It's it's exactly like that. Every time I go to band practice, I know I'm going to end up having like a good night. Because, and we talked about that yeah. at the bar that we were at. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's a it's always a good time like this just to step in that practice space and create something with people and uh that's my favorite thing about doing music is like creating something out of nothing and and having it because yeah and, and i'm sure you as a performer as a musician once you create something with whatever that combination is that's something you have forever mm-hmm. and nobody could really take that away and i mean you could uh change styles you could change bands you could get better as you know as as people develop as uh you know if you as you develop as a person you you think differently yeah but not only that yeah. but you can collaborate with other people doing such things like you know uh, and you have it forever. Yeah. The music you've made, you exactly. have it forever. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't know. There's recently a, a show that you guys are going to do at the Smalls Theater pretty soon with you and Jake the Hawk. Yeah. And they've called it Sykes the Hawk. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Like, that was actually. So, what happened? That was actually a total fluke. <laughs> All right. So, we made a group chat for the event before, like, just organizing it. Yeah. 
and I think the group chat was called Sykes the Hawk. And then somehow <laughs> it got like it whenever it got through to Mr. Smalls, I think that whoever did the event just wasn't paying any sort right. of attention. So they just assumed that's what it was. <laughs> and we could have easily fixed it, but we decided to just fucking leave keep rolling it. with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Because it, it's 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 what like I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I sometimes am doing myself a disservice by not taking myself too seriously. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to be the type of person that takes themselves too seriously. Yeah. Because I'm generally not a fan of people that take themselves too seriously. No, I agree. Bro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's lame. It's just so lame. You see like, um, and it's in, I think, and I think it takes a a certain type of individual to kind of see that with, as they say, like with the camera zoomed out, like if you see your own presence, like how you carry yourself, like um, how I, I, how I look at things like other media. Yeah. I do like podcasts and stuff like that. I always look at my own thing is like, if I weren't me, if this wasn't my thing, like, would I listen to this? Would I appreciate this? And the things that I find myself appreciating are the things that like when people don't take themselves. And again, it's, I, I, I'm not talking about uh, being professional. I'm just saying like taking yourself like, oh, I'm like Mr. Cool guy or Miss, you know, cool girl or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I appreciate about what you do because I think you have a way of communicating with people through your different forms of media and you're still a very approachable, very nice guy. And I think that really says a lot to what you do and your art that you create. And I, I don't know, it's just my opinion. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> very kind of you. I, just my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's what you do so well. And you do. You work really hard. I mean, this is 300 episodes, <laughs> like yeah. 300 episodes. There's things that I have loved so much. I couldn't do 300 times. I could, I, <laughs> I could see you getting to 300 thrifties. Oh, I, I don't know. Where are you at now? <laughs> um, well, we're uh, slightly over 100, um, but I've done like other podcasts and stuff. But it's just like I think that uh, what you have and the drive that you have unmatched. I can't match that. Um, well, not it's that, not a competition. No, I was about to say, not that it's a competition. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like what you do and the time you spend on your thing. I just, I don't, I'm just saying I respect it. That's Thank all I'm you. saying. That's all I I'm respect to you as well. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Because, <laughs> uh, it's what you. And I, I respect you too. And I just met you. <laughs> hey, I respect both of you. Guys. Cool. <laughs> respect Tria. I think yeah. that it's awesome just to be able to take any free time that you have yeah. And put it just into something that you generally enjoy doing with people mm-hmm. that you care about or love or like or whatever, whatever yeah, emotion yeah, you want to attach yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah. There's um, an aspect of creativity with it, too. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that there's it doesn't need to be anything more than that. Sometimes I think that it can get real distracting to, you know, especially being in a band, but even being at a podcast like, oh, you know, uh I wish that we were playing bigger shows or I wish my podcast was getting more downloads or this or that. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, how do you view yourself in the world around you? Are you stoked to be fucking just recording some sweet songs, being at practice, playing a show? Are you stoked to just be able to like, I'm literally spending my adult 32 year old days going and thrifting and recording on a microphone about it. And yep, I can afford to do this. This is the life that I've built for myself. This is neat. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like appreciate what you have while you have it. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and to to kind of just uh, go on to that, too. It, you're absolutely 100 percent right with that, too. And I think in it's hard. It's hard in any form of media, any form of art, any form of, you know, whatever people do to take time to appreciate those moments, because like and I always tell myself, like, say that and and everybody always say you're quote unquote, like the top of whatever thing you do, you're the the most liked or download or anything like that. Those folks also, even in that scope, wish they were more like. Yeah. And, and so it's 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 all relative is what I'm saying, because even the people who uh, are looked to as like. Uh, the hierarchy of this scene or that scene or this scene, even in that they're just like, well, I could do this or I could do that. I could do more. So I think it's important to know uh, as artists and as creatives, like that's okay to think that way because that kind of drives you to do more things and everybody feels that way. So to kind of say what you were saying, like if you kind of put the to the time in and you have a good time and there is some kind of benefit a return on investment i think you're doing okay whatever that return on investment is who knows you know it's all relative but as long as you like what you're doing and feel passionate about it there's something to it i yeah. mean you know like i'm sure you've said you you've been in a few bands and you've done your you know thing you, you you know what you like to do at this point in your life and i think it's just keep doing that you know i think so right i don't mean i'm not i don't know i don't know anything but i'm just saying that's my opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> you know nah we're we're going down a good road mm-hmm. as it is you know like i enjoy the time that i have with like my guys in the band and uh just being able to just being able to create something with like these people is, is cool enough as it is like having material on like an album, having t-shirts printed up that say your name on them and stuff and people, you know, Wear wearing them. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wear That's them. pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, um, I'm sure it's the same way in the podcast world. Sure. You know, like, uh, I don't know. Recently podcasts have taken over like my morning commute. And like me being at work and stuff like that. So it's a big part of my life now. Mm-hmm. And same way music is, you know, Spotify is right there. You have everything at the touch of fingertip. Cool. So, so you are saying you will check out Thrifty. Great. <laughs> yeah, I will actually. I'm really uh, interested. I'm kidding. But no, cool. no, I would actually yeah. love to come out with you one day and just like, oh, no. <laughs> We're all good. I'd love to have you. <laughs> It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a real episode if I just didn't fucking spill a beer. Party foul. Yeah, but I'd love to have you out um, and everything like that. <laughs> no, you got to. Uh oh. Okay. Anyways, I'm gonna grab a napkin for that real quick. Cool. You, we could do it. You we hold we it down. It. Pass that over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what I have here is a flask. Can. Uh, Kentucky straight bourbon from my new friend over here. And I'm going to take a sip from it because uh, unfortunately Sykes has uh, taken uh, made beer table, but fortunately about beer table, no cell phones or electronics were a uh, hit with that. So thank you. Absolutely. You, You're going to be uh, surprised within, you know, that little sip there because it's not actually Kentucky bourbon. Well, I know you said it was something else, but yeah. I'm saying what it said on it. Well, okay. So that, Whoa, that hits different. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's cold. a little it's a little more florally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it. It's good. It, it tastes like if uh, potpourri was alcohol, and I'm fine with that. Yes. Well, now that I've now that I've cleaned up the beer and the damage has been remedied, I'll have some of that. <laughs> so for the 300th episode, I've officially spilled my third beer on the podcast. So that's, that's not good. bad. One out of you know every 100 is pretty that's, good. That's yeah. literally not bad. And you have, when spilling that, you have avoided all electronics because you're a professional. <laughs> not, they have not been avoided in the past. The, the number buttons on this MacBook no longer work as a result of spilling a beer on it. Rip. That's okay. <laughs> That's Rip. good. At least it's not a vowel. That's good. Rip. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, right? It kind of reminds me of those those uh those those caramel apple suckers that kids used to sell <laughs> in middle school. Yeah. Do you remember um do you remember those like candy sprays? I don't know. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, remember those candy sprays that you'd buy at the corner store? I remember them existing, but I never fucked with them. Oh uh, I will admit, and yeah, I yeah, I go all over the spectrum. But I'm <laughs> But the cute girls at, uh, like, when I was growing up always had candy spray. So I thought that, like, you had to be into candy spray for the girls to, like, like you. Turns out it was true. (laughs) (laughs) It was true. (laughs) It was true. Um, But, um, yeah, we were uh, – the green apple was – at this. if you would spray green apple – uh, candy spray on your tongue at the skating parties you were cool dude dude yeah like down at like romp and roll like there down in neville island yep that was like the place to go whenever like you were a kid like in pittsburgh i grew up in mckeesport pa which yeah. is about eh, 20 25 minutes outside of pittsburgh mm-hmm. and what we had was the eat it was called the eaton park roller rink but i know what you're talking about yeah. as well um, but I went to the Eaton Park roller rink and there would be uh, the last skate of the night would be to the theme from the very popular television show Cops. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be out there holding Inner hands. Circle. That's you'd- the name of that band. <laughs> okay okay yeah and you'd be out there like holding hands with the you know your partner for the night to bad boys and i and I, let's just say yeah maybe i was a little popular for uh going around in a circle there but i wasn't very good at skating but i did fake it a lot um because everybody had roller blades and i had the four wheels and i was and i had uh like a cover over the four wheels it was like a flap so you couldn't see how many wheels were on it. And I lied and told everybody I was rollerblading. I could not rollerblade at the time. <laughs> anyway, wow. Candy spray, baby. That's what. Oh, hit the- <laughs> <laughs> one, time, one time I flex, I almost hit the monitor over. This, this whole fucking studio is going to be in shambles. Happy by the 300. <laughs> Thank Sykes. you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. With doing this for is I think one of the things that has like helped me just get over myself and worry so much about how successful something is or how unsuccessful something, whatever, you know what I mean? Is honestly doing this show for as long as I have, because I've talked to so many different people over the years and everybody has the same issues. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And it's just, you just see so much like I like I've talked with so many people that who like, you know, like people that I've looked up to in one way or another in the local scene. 
And, you know, I sit down with them and it's like, wow, you have the same issues I have, but you have, it seems like you have so much more than me Mm -hmm. in air quotes, but really they don't. It's just the perception is different, but we're all just human beings. You're also a white guy. So a lot of times people that aren't white guys have different issues than us. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. But in terms of just like the creative stuff, that's that that kind of transcends all, 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 all body parts and skin tones. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, everybody's just kind of struggling. But with that being said, I think that it's just important to realize like how ridiculous what we are doing is like the things that we're doing. So it's like completely absurd what we're doing and sometimes like in you know our circle it's really easy to be constantly surrounded by people that are in bands mm-hmm. so you think being in bands is a normal thing yeah you know what i mean and like culture yeah almost, like you're, you, almost. You have, we have this culture around us of people that are in the similar things like you have friends that also do thrifting stuff and you know you get together and you sell mm-hmm. things and like oh this is normal but it's not no in the great, like, <laughs> what we do is not no. fucking normal and to like be insanely successful in these sort of things is even more abnormal. So I think it's just kind of like a little slice of humble pie to remember how fucking not normal what we're doing is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're even trying to do it and mm-hmm. being able to like have a smile on our face at the end of the day says a lot because it's like, we're really climbing a steep fucking hill. Yeah. So the fact yeah. that we're even trying to climb it, well, I, I think uh, not. A, yeah, you're right about that. And and not only that, like I also. Um, yeah. So I do thrifty podcast and I also um, sell vintage mer- merchandise through Brick Body Kids and Brick Body Kids at Brick Body Kids on Instagram. For example, how you said, like, if you could pass me another beer, I'd I was. Love that's it. why I got sick, out, buddy. Do you want an IPA or a dark? Uh, what do I have? That's the dark. Do an IPA then. I guess switch it up. No, I like the dark, but let's uh, let's you know, it's three hundred. Let's switch it up. Variety is the spice of life. Uh, that's. I kind of wanted to go through a uh, uh, IPA instead of a dark because dark's very tasty, but um, there's only like three for each of us, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're I'll good. You, I'll tell you this. I we're got, good. I got a couple more IPAs in the fridge. Oh, sick. If well, things, I also, if things get desperate, there's I always, we need a, to drink that. Many oh, I also did a double shot before I sat down of whiskey. But as I was saying, like how you said, like what we do, it may not be uh, what people would uh, think of as normal. Like, for example, today, what is normal to me? Um, so I woke up today. I had new things that I had found thrifting. I cleaned them. And then I walked across the street to uh, a school. And what I do is, is I, uh, the clothes I find, I put them on like hangers, of course. And then I hang them on, um, the baseball field fence in the school parking lot and take pictures of it and sell it that way. See, that's very normal to me, but like, (laughs) like that's very normal. Exactly. 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 So like what, like, when I go, that's just a normal day, a work day, but people see me and I have headphones on listening to music and I'm walking with like clothes and hangers over to the school parking lot to hang stuff on the fence and take pictures and I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And that's normal to me, but I'm sure people see that and they were, they're like, cops, maybe? especially in the <laughs> South Hills. 
Yeah, I live in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. And um, the thing about the South Hills of Pittsburgh, it's great and it sucks at the same time. And Sykes and I have talked about this. It sucks and it's good for the same reasons. No one bothers me there and nothing goes on. And that's why I hate and also love it. Because like some days I'm just like, I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want anything to do with anybody. And I can get away with it because I do nothing like no yeah. one like nothing you can go on. walk around the block. You could still like go to the coffee shop and probably not have to deal with anybody. Absolutely no one. Yeah. And I'm actually uh, friends with the local grocery store because I'm in there so much. And like I just go there and I sit there and I edit or I do whatever. And I have this whole stupid thing that I do. And it's normal life to me. <laughs> But there's no possible way that like, you know, like fly on the wall scenario. Someone sees that and goes like, that's an individual who knows what is normal. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm I'm so past it that I can't even see it anymore. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so I don't know. But that's it. I'll I'll try this IPA. Um, So I had the uh, dark, the pen dark. I will have the pen brewery IPA now. Let's see. Speaking of IPA, I got to go pee. I'll it's right pretty back. good. All right. You so, can leave that door open, my friend. Mm-hmm. So Sykes, um, so you had had mentioned that um, um, both of your projects are working on new music. Yeah. Um, with Sykes and the New Vines and Grey Walker, I have seen both your bands live. Um, we've done stuff together and um sykes and the violence played the last what i what we do is thriftathon which is this big like podcast thing and sykes and the new violence i have to say i haven't heard much that sounded like that before and i think it's pretty cool and i am excited for the new record thanks man or the ep or whatever it it's is. it's a full-length album mm-hmm. i'm really excited about it too uh it is without a doubt the most uh it's the most selfish I've ever been with my creativity in my life. Okay. It's okay. like so unapologetically me. Mm-hmm. Not that like stuff that I've done in the past wasn't, mm-hmm. but there's just something about the feel of this where I'm very much just like, that's you. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Because there's been stuff in the past sometimes where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe that's too much guitar for a hip hop record. Or maybe, you know, that's, to electronic for a hip-hop record you know because i'm trying to make rap records you know yeah, it's, it's yeah, a yeah. hip-hop project but this time with this this particular batch of songs i mean it's still rap mm-hmm. but there's a lot of stuff in it that is very st- just stuff that i probably wouldn't have been comfortable or let myself do you know three four years ago but you're to that point where you have the ability and the autonomy that you feel like you can you yeah know? i just don't i mean i don't know what if I cared that much in the past, but the amount that I care now is so much less. I'm just like, fuck it. Like, is this that, is what I want to do. Is that like low key? The secret of life is like the older you get, the less you care. Is that the secret of life? Like you kind of let go a lot and let yourself. Like- I don't know if it's the secret, but mm-hmm. I will say it's kind of like, it's like, it's the, it's the toy in a very big cereal box mm-hmm. that I've been looking for for years. That is what that when uh, when all the blogs are going to give that five stars, that's the quote they're going to use. That's the <laughs> quote they're going to use, brother. The toy in the cereal box that Sykes has been 
trying to find all these years. And that's the new Sykes in the violence. Uh, it's Sykes in the new violence record. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm I really believe. stoked on it. Toy in the cereal box. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's wild. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm really stoked with how the stuff's come out. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Mm-hmm. We will be playing some new songs on March 27th, which is our next show. And I normally don't promote shows on the podcast, but since this episode's actually going up tomorrow, yo, okay, I like <laughs> I like the grind, dude. I like the grind, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I'm either gonna I'm either gonna edit this episode reasonably intoxicated, and the audio and the video is gonna be off, and it's just gonna be a hysterical mess, <laughs> mm-hmm. or it'll go up tomorrow, but it like. Mm. 5 45 p.m <laughs> it'll go up later you're reading my mind my podcast drops every sunday and that's what i'm gonna be doing <laughs> that's what i'm gonna be doing yeah. tonight like late late yeah mm-hmm. exciting i you know i spent it's funny uh so we we had a uh, a listener question on here from someone you may have heard of by the name of jennifer lynn what my very own god-given sister yes and she asked, That's, favorite Saturday night activities. That rules. Recording Holy with cow. Recording an episode of Start the Beat with Sykes, obviously. <laughs> so. It ties in perfectly well to like, so the interesting thing with like the, I don't know, Lou, if you feel like this or Toddy, if you feel like this, but like this life where it's like every night is like, you know, either doing something, we're doing these abnormal things all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, if I don't have to go out on a weekend, like last night, I just stayed inside on a Friday night and I was just all about it. Oh, yeah. I just worked on stuff because it's like I'm always out and about as a result of things that I'm doing. It's like it's so normal for me. So the idea of like a favorite Saturday night activity. I mean, I guess if I have a show, obviously playing a show would be great. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have a show and if like a homie doesn't have a show, like I'm all about like. I'm just going to cook dinner and maybe watch something on Netflix that I should have watched three and a half years ago, but I never did. Oh, I don't even go out after dark. (laughs) (laughs) I don't go out. So this is, this is sick to me. I don't even go out after dark unless, yeah, unless there's something like that I'm doing or somebody else. So you're like 100% on thrift shop hours. You got it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, and how I came to this, there's, I'll be honest, there is absolutely no reason why I came to this conclusion, but I like to be done with my work by at the latest 1 p.m. Like anything after 1 p.m., I have like this, like, I don't know if it's like moodiness, I don't know what it is, or just the natural chemistry of how I work. If I wake up at, say, 10 o'clock, I'm mad. I'm pissed. Oh, yeah. Because like I... To me, I like to feel ahead of things. And I'm not saying I'm ahead of things, but I'm saying I like to feel that way. And I like to to wake up and get my shit in. I like to get my stuff in and be done. And because what I do for work, again, I sell vintage clothes. And I also low-key drive Grubhub sometimes. And I like to be done with that by, like, afternoon. Because there's, a like, 1 o'clock till about, like, 7 o'clock. I don't, I, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I don't like to be just like doing things. And I've worked for like in education, I've worked like different jobs and everything like that. But for whatever reason, that window, I cannot stand like 
like what we're putting in quotes, like working. I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. Like I'm feel miserable. If I like look at the clock and it's like two 16, I'm like, Oh my God. I feel like I failed the day. Like I'd like to be in, I like to be in. And then like I, in the afternoon, I just kind of chill. I just kind of relax. And then maybe in the night we'll go back out. We'll go do something. But like, I cannot like, I don't know. And I'm not saying I don't do it at all. I'm just saying like, that's that window where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get stuck in traffic. I'm going to, oh, like, oh, somebody wants to do like lunch and they're going to sleep in. So when they mean lunch, they mean two o'clock. Like everybody loves to sleep in. Everybody is always 28 minutes late. Like I'm just Dude. like, I'm just like, <laughs> not like, I don't know how to explain. And I know I'm the different one. So like, I respect people who do that. Dude, no, you, you're, you're totally speaking my language like, right now because I, like, I don't, okay. So for my daytime job, like other than being like, you know, uh, the guitarist and repairing, yeah. uh, I, I'm a truck driver actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wake up at like three in the morning to go and do like you, my first couple of runs. Do you have like a CDL license? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I respect that. Yeah, I got you. I know. Yeah, okay. So like I go and like I do my thing like throughout my day at work, make my deliveries and stuff. And then like that's about it. Like at like one thirty, like 2 o'clock or something like that, I'm about to clock out. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, all I want to do is just relax. I want to hang yeah. out with the dog and watch The Simpsons. And that's your end of the day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Love this guy. Yeah. Love just met him. Love him. Yeah. Seriously. And 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 I I completely understand with people with different shifts because when you get off of work, I think whatever when you ever get off of, as Jimmy Buffett says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Like whenever you <laughs> so deep you know but like when you get off of work you just want to be like oh like you just want to be you like you were saying Sykes like just like be you for just a second like and that's that's how I feel so if I don't like get my stuff done by like the afternoon I'm just like oh like I just don't want to do more things you know, I'll take another. Uh, you mentioned it, Jimmy Buffett. So like you have to do a shot. Whenever yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and thank you, my own sister, Jen, for uh, writing that in. I don't know if we properly even answered the question, though. Fat, no. Favorite she, Saturday night activities. Lou. Favorite Saturday night activities. I wing it. Seriously. <laughs> if, if there's something going on, I'm going to try to be there. Uh, if there's like some sort of Facebook event that I see that ha- is happening, that's most likely the thing that I'm focused on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, other than going to a show or, you know, now that I live in Crafton and I have access to like two bowling alleys, like from yeah. one, one end of Crafton to the other, I like to go bowling a lot. Mm-hmm. Like that's really fun for me. I've actually, uh, started a thing called uh metal bowling night. Um, oh, okay. where, uh, I just got like a bunch of people together um, and it's actually a huge influence off of Meg uh, from Meg Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Meg Little Evans. beer fest. Yeah. Homies. Yeah. So like that was actually a huge influence off of her. And I was just like, I like bowling. I like beer and I like metal. Mm-hmm. So why not incorporate all these three things into one thing? And that's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. So like the thing that I'm trying to get together actually is uh, promoting each other's shows through metal bowling night. But like making sure that it's on a night where nobody's having shows because obviously I don't want to like 
screw with anybody's like yeah. uh, crowd draw or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Because go go support your homies, go support your local bands and stuff. If you want to come to metal bowling night, you want to bowl and like talk to like other people that are in the same scene and not have to like uh you know talk mm-hmm. over loud music or anything like that concentrate yeah on the craft. you can have like a, a a fun activity to do while you know talking about metal and bowling mm-hmm. so that's basically the metal idea bowling. That I, yeah, yeah metal bowling night mm-hmm. so um i don't know when the next one's gonna be but i'll i'll figure it out soon mm-hmm. So, but I would love both of you guys to come. So that seems chill. Yeah, and it's really chill. Like I'll throw down on I a mean, scale of one to ten. Yeah. How heavy metal do you feel that you are? I was about to say. I th- I see four <laughs> eyes between the two of you looking at me like this dude. No, don't do, no, no, this dude don't do anything. You're, you're super welcome. I'm yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. just uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> insane. And, I mean, and, you mentioned it. You you know you like every time I die. So you're on the spectrum. Okay, but um, you're you're also open to new ideas and stuff. Like yeah. we just recently talked about, like you know you going to like you know Washington D.C. for the yeah. weekend and whatnot. But like yeah yeah. Well, here's the here's the thing, and and uh, that the reason why I'm hesitant because like yeah, it, it just seems like I'm just like being Mr. Cool guy. I love heavy music, and I get down to heavy music. And though I don't have the stature, or you know, if you look at me physically, you just think I'm probably read Animorphs, but <laughs> Animorphs, is, <laughs> Animorphs. Is objectively pretty metal if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty power metal if you think <laughs> about it. You're turning into some beast like going into the wild and like, you hell know. yeah, dude. Yeah, the that mo- ain't that ain't indie rock, baby. No, yeah. <laughs> I think if I had to, if I had to go like scene credit or music credit, I think uh, this sucks. Uh, yeah, no, I'll talk about it because it's fine to talk about it, but I just feel like I'm just being like pompous. But um the i think like the biggest show cred i've ever had is like years ago we're talking years ago i saw against me um new year's eve and i broke my ankle in the pit uh i crawled from the pit now this is local this is pittsburgh if um the venue in the strip district of pittsburgh that was a church. What was it? What it was? Altar bar. Altar, altar bar, bar. Yeah. Altar bar. I was at altar bar and I saw against me. This was probably a decade ago, maybe eight, nine years. I saw against me on New Year's Eve. I broke my ankle in the pit. And I and when you break a bone, um, you kind of just like feel sick. I army crawled from the pit out to the lobby, down the stairs and into the bathroom because I broke a bone. So I felt like sick. I didn't throw up, but I felt like I was immediately going to throw up. So I army and everybody thought I was drunk. So they weren't helping me. So I army call army crawled from the pit to the bathroom and just put my head in the toilet with a broken ankle. And it was in a Doc Martin boot and I couldn't get my boot off because my ankle was swollen. So that's how my year started. And then I, um, after like it kind of came down from it and to be real, I, I felt like tremendous pain. But um, it kind of like for whatever reason went away and I um, drove home and it was my right ankle and you drive with your right ankle and I drove and I lived in McKeesport at the time. So I drove from Pittsburgh to McKeesport on my broken ankle and then I got home and um, I couldn't get my boot off and then I finally got my boot off and it looked like a balloon was under my skin 
and I lived with my family at the time and I showed my, I like, I walked in and I was like, uh, and it woke my mom up cause I walked in, you know, went through the living room. My mom, like my mom wakes up. She, and I'm like, Hey, real quick, you know, person to person, like I'm going to take my shoe off my boot off here and it's going to look crazy. I broke my ankle. I'm just going to admit that to you now. And we're going to look at it together personally. So I finally <laughs> get it off and I was like, yep, it looks exactly like it did. And since it was, it was new year's Eve and I wasn't sick. I wasn't, wasn't an illness. So I was like, you know what? I'm actually just probably going to go to bed and then do and deal with it in the morning because again it it, it wasn't something that was getting like progressively worse it was just there. it happened and i'm like look if i go to if i go to the emergency room right now like i'm going to be there the same time like it already happened so i'm like <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to get some rest i just went to a show i went to a punk show so like i'm just like let's sleep and i woke up and and my sister who rode into the show we both went to the hospital and they gave me crutches and gave me a boot and everything like that so what i'm trying to say is like i fuck around <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i, I fuck around did, i, I did, don't play um so like Put, I don't play <laughs> put, putting something off and then like, you know, like uh, a broken ankle, for instance, that's probably one of the most metal things I've ever heard. I would say, so, yeah, I'm not, trying, yeah. not, not, I'm not only are you built for metal, but you're obviously built for wrestling. Yeah. Don't make me cry on your show. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me cry in episode 300. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, hey, let's like, but honestly, it was just like, this isn't going to get worse. I'm going to go into the ER and it's going to be people who've like drunk or, you know, like everything like that. I'm like, look, I had a good, I had a nice night up until that point. And still to this day, I can't even exactly tell you how it broke. I was just in the pit and it was just like, and I just was like, and so I was like, look, I had a nice night up until this point. Let's, as hey. we were talking about before, let's appreciate the moment. Yeah. Go to bed, take a cool picture hey. for social media. You know what I mean? Duh. Like, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a, you're, you know, yeah, you're, you're, go to bed, wake up, do it. You're tough, but still fragile. Oh, yeah. Handle Emo with care. Emotionally, I'm way fragile. <laughs> Physically, uh, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for it. Why not? You only live once, you know? That's pretty metal, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I can't grow that beard like you, but in my mind... I do. <laughs> you got the hair for it. I mean, that that's like you could totally go to a metal show and nobody will question it. Like when I go to that, metal I, shows, I feel like nobody questions anything in a metal show either. Like whenever it comes gives down a to shit. it. Yeah. Yeah. In and when we were growing up, I feel like it was a bit different. I feel like it was more bro bro oriented. But as people get older, I think they understand the complexities of different individuals you and know, everything going on. I could see that. But I think that maybe if you divide it up, because I think that like. There was a lot more judgment of mm -hmm. other people more in like the hardcore scene and the punk scene over like metal. Oh, yes. Like yeah. all, the, all the metal kids that I knew were they were just nerds. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's easy crossover when you go into like hardcore. If you cross over into like punk, there's a lot more yeah. like emotionally insecure people in those realms of music for some reason than mm -hmm. in just like metal. Punk's got to start coming to shows on time. 
How about that? <laughs> like punks don't go to shows on time at all. Like if somebody says like, we'll have a show at seven o'clock, be there by eight 15. It'll start like, that, you know what? You're right. Because like I used to depict people in the metal scene like that, but like, there's a bunch of metal kids like right on time for our set. Cause they're ready played to with go. Rod. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're like, ready. Yeah. They're ready for it. Like Punk kids are just like, like, Oh, I've got like, brunch. Well, I, think, I think a thing too is like, I remember, I mean like being a metal kid, it's like the music is honestly really important to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that people that like hardcore punk, the music's not important to them, but it's like more like there's like a cultural thing. Like they're just going to, they're not going necessarily for all of the bands. They just want to be at the thing eventually. But got like it. being a kid, you got it. You growing got it. up as a metalhead, it was like, I just can't wait to get to this fucking show. I yep. just want to fucking be at the show. Yeah. Got a headbang, got mm-hmm. a hair whip. Support. Yeah. You gotta support. You gotta be there to support. You gotta support. Like that then like I At find least like, to like get there early to get a good spot. Yeah. Yep. I find like the the people in like the metal scene are like the most supportive out of like anything you will ever do. Like which is one of the cool things why I love it. Like mm-hmm. it's probably one I, of the one of the know, reasons why I'm into it. It's like so much as I am because of the culture. You know, being somebody you that took has to it. You took to that. Yeah. Being somebody that has played in metal bands and hardcore bands and punk bands and indie rock bands and hip hop. I've done, I've been in all those demographics. Yeah. Like the metal scene has always been the strongest community mm-hmm. out of anything that I've done. Mm-hmm. The people, you know, like there's people that were coming to shows of ours, you know, four years ago when we started that I still see all the fucking time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet. And, uh, it's a lot different. Like the, the hip hop stuff is really, really weird. Yeah, especially in a city that we live in, like Pittsburgh, like hip hop culture in Pittsburgh is just like you just never know exactly. There's like like, there's like a big split in the scene from hip hop culture, because I've talked to like a lot of guys that I've worked with that um, like talk about their like group and project that they've got going on. And then like, you know, you obviously have something different going on and stuff like that. And there's just like. I feel like there's a big split in hip hop culture in Pittsburgh and I wish there was a way that like we could just gather all these people up together and I don't think that it's really a split as much as it's just nobody knows each other yeah. and you have a lot of um there's like a lack of promoters mm-hmm. in the hip hop scene cuz yeah. you need like a good promoter to kind of bring everybody together. I also think like a lot of our venues and they're great venues. There's there's not a knock on the venues whatsoever, but I feel like venues, at least in the city that we live in, like cater to rock and cater to this and cater to that. There's a lot of venues that don't want to give rap a chance. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. So like you throw, you throw, it's a, a hip hop gig and it's just like stagnant it's just like yeah this is the type of art i create and everything like that and i'm a big hip-hop fan uh you know a lot of folks call it like art rap or whatever like i i'm I'm into that stuff and a lot of the times a lot of hip-hop shows are booked at the same venues as like rock shows and they just like don't know how to like do it and it's just like it's just another form of creativity and hip-hop is one of my favorite 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 uh forms of creativity and um it's just a different vibe and i'm sure you you've seen it before sykes and and i think like it's just like they they just don't know what to 
do exactly. And it's just like, it's just another form of music and it's different individuals expressing creativity in a different way. And that's, I don't know. That's my opinion. And the thing is, is like, it's good too. Like every hip hop artist that I've listened to from the city of Pittsburgh has been really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm jealous of hip hop like artists because they could carry their instrument everywhere they go. They could put like Great their point. Yeah. They could put their track on like a, uh, an iPod or whatever they're listening to at that point in time like that. Mm-hmm. And then just like walk around and like work these like, like mm-hmm. rhythms out in their head for like what they're going to say. Yeah. And I, I respect that so much. And I, I love that so much because I'm a little bit jealous. I can't yeah. carry my guitar everywhere I go. <laughs> and, and, and see, for me, I'm not a musician. I'm not talented or gifted in that way. Now I've done beats on like a MacBook, but like like what 30-something white guy hasn't tried something uh, of that? But I'm just me. I mean that in the sense of just like um, in in the city that, uh, that that we have, it's a, it's just a little bit of a different culture. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. There's, I don't know why. You know, what I mean, like you could do anything in any venue, but I mean, you think of places like you know, the Smiling Moose has like a heavy metal feel when you go in there. In the mm-hmm. south side of the city, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then you have Spirit, which has like you know, it's like pitchfork vibe. We'll yeah. call it that, right? I know, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, there's plenty of hip hop shows that happen at both venues, and I'll be there next week at a hip hop show. But yes, but there's yes. not many. Or any venues that have that hip hop vibe. I mean, ever since the sh- we lost the, the Shadow vibe. Lounge. Yep, the Shadow Lounge was pretty much like. And what I we think had. that a big thing is, you know, when you're inviting people out to a show, people want to know that they could be comfortable in that environment. You know, which is why punk shows thrive at Gooskies, why metal shows do well at the Moose, mm-hmm. why your you know your indie rock band will do great at Spirit, it's mm-hmm. on like a local level. But for like hip hop, it's hard because it's like, wow, you can play a show there and it will sound great. You still got to get people out to that show and put them in an environment that they're comfortable in. And a lot of people that are fans of hip hop, I find that they probably have a hard time being comfortable in most of these venues because it's just Mm -hmm. not their community. It's not what they're used to. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to uh bridge the gap bridge that gap yeah i think that's why you have a lot of like the younger kids that are doing hip-hop now they're doing all these like really interesting pop-ups where they they'll have like a show at like you know one of the like diy clothing stores somewhere in the city or like they know they have like a photographer friend that has a warehouse somewhere and they'll do like a show in a warehouse Mm -hmm. they're like not even utilizing the venues they're like creating their own spaces to throw shows because they don't feel comfortable doing shows at the venues or half of them are underage and there's not many all ages spaces no you know for like you know all of the pit kids and the cmu kids and it's like this younger demographic of people i really feel like there hasn't been like a great all ages space since uh there was an old venue in the north side called BCA. Yep. Yeah. You I don't even know of it. I'd love to know of it yeah. right now. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. The school. And like that was like one of the coolest all ages spaces like ever. And that that actually had like a huge impact on me as a teenager uh, growing up like in like the metal scene, for instance, is just like there was so many good shows that came through that place. That was awesome. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and in ex- exactly to both of your points, I I've actually never heard of that space. And you know how long I've lived here? 
all my life basically yeah. it had a short lifespan yeah it but did it like that was like two summers maybe yeah i think uh green jelly actually screwed that up because, yeah yeah i yeah they, they they like came through and they like tagged like the walls and stuff in that space and then, really like, yeah it was actually yeah. i know who yeah yeah real cool yeah it was owned by like a like uh, like this uh church over in the north sure. side so they did and they did not appreciate that at all really so, yeah so that was the downfall that was the downfall of like bca That's right there they didn't want like shows to happen after that uh-huh. which was a huge bummer i used to see shows and we're talking i'm 30 again i'm 32 i used to see shows when i was like 15 16 out in murraysville called the american yep. music cafe yep you know about that? Place? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. I I don't even know about that place. Okay. Bro, so. I was I was a Monroeville mall mall rat kid. So I went to Woodland Hills, but I had a lot of friends that lived in Plum and went to Gateway, and all of those people knew people that would play American out there Music at AMC. Cafe. Yeah. AMC. Yeah. It's a, and um I used to go to that, and I used to uh yeah I'm very much the same person now that I was then, and all the cool kids used to smoke cigarettes. And I uh, didn't smoke cigarettes. The people that I hung out with used to go to like the shop and save across the street and do whippets. And You're come back. blowing my mind. <laughs> You're blowing my mind because I, I I don't I was it as a shop and save or something some grocery store across the shop street. Shop and save. <laughs> and there was uh there was like a comic yeah book the comic store book store over there yeah and a bank yep. and like in uh the AMC the American Music Cafe got turned into like a beer outlet and that was it and to this day still a beer outlet. And and it's I so, think Yellow Card played there in their early days. That's blowing my fucking mind. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, but I remember the American Music Cafe in Murraysville, and all the cool kids had dyed hair and smoked cigarettes, and I just it was like, like this. Do you remember Club Octane? Yes. It was very equivalent to Octane. It was okay. like Murraysville's Octane, like similar size space and feel. It's rad. Had, it had. <laughs> So you like, yeah, a stage that was elevated and it had like a cross. It had like a balcony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like of like really cool punk bands would play. You would like jump off the balcony. But it was only like uh, the room that we're recording the show in. It was no higher than that. <laughs> but people would jump off the balcony and you'd be like, oh, and it was it was like not that far but there was a lot of cool bands that used to play that. And I used to go there all the time, but I didn't really talk to anybody because I was like, I don't know how to talk to anybody. I mean, still getting into your thirties and jumping from that height is like, uh, that's pretty intense. Well, how about if you were 19? Like, if you're no. a 19, no, that, yeah. like you need to like, <laughs> yeah, but you need it to was, jump off a cliff for that. But so. it, it was just like this, like uh punk space, this pop punk space. Like, yeah, that was the era for sure. Like mm-hmm. the pop punk early, like, well, I guess in, as mainstream screamo goes, you know what I mean? At like, that point. But, at that point. But it was like Zayo. Yeah. It was like uh, the Juliana Theory, the Berlin Project. Oh, man. Yeah. Like that, like uh, the Grisheckis, like the Grisheki kids. And then on the metal side of things, I remember like Baghead. Baghead. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baghead. Baghead. And you'd go to this website. And you'd see like what the shows were playing. And every time Baghead would play, they were in this big giant font because people were like, ah, but like <laughs> I used to go there and I was like, this is really cool. In in fact, um, when I was in the ninth grade, I went with one of my friends and there was this cool person that we were talking to. And they were just like, I will like strip naked for $30 in a private room. And they were of age. They were over 18. 
And they were just like, yeah, like I, if you give me $30, like I will like flash you. And that's like, I was like, I'm too young for this, but they were of age. Every, absolutely. Everyone was age that was doing this, but I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, I can't wait till I was like 18 to see like a ball or like a boom, <laughs> but like, but like, yeah. And it was just like, just for fun, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong happened or anything like it, it was all consensual, nothing like that. But it was like this punk space and you could get like pizza, you could get like a, for a buck and you could see like this type of environment. This is why, why I am who I am. Cause I went there and hung out and partied. When I say partied, I mean, ugh, you know, I didn't party. I didn't even drink till I was like 22. <laughs> same so yeah yeah anyway that was the american music cafe murraysville AMC, yeah and there's you know? not a lot of spaces like that anymore like you Zero know I, that i know i'm happy that like in pittsburgh i'm happy that we have Roboto. i think a lot of people mm-hmm. give they've that a lot of people are super invested in that space they do a lot of great things they always have shows they do a lot for the community but it's just it just feels sterile there's something that's there's awkwardly no there's no seats. There's something that's awkwardly sterile about Roboto, and it's always been that way. I don't know what it is because everybody goes there and acts like a wet blanket. <laughs> they just go there, and you're just like, "Who's the who's promoting this show?" And you're like, "Oh, that person in the dark back corner who's not going to talk to anybody." The, the last time I was at like, Roboto, I actually saw Andrew WK there. Oh yeah, that, those shows were great. That okay, was, well that fucking rocks. That yeah. was amazing. <laughs> no, Roboto is beautiful. That was one of the yeah. best times of yeah. my life. Right yeah, those there. shows were nuts. Yeah, and I've played great shows there. Thirty Thon was there. Mm-hmm. Had a good time there. Yeah. I, I, it's like I, all I, it's, it's one of those things where I call it like the "Are you afraid of the dark?" syndrome. Yeah. In terms of like, am I really remembering something being as great? Is it is in my brain or is it actually was it just fine? Is like Roboto today literally exactly the same as AMC mm-hmm. or the fact that I was seventeen back then, so it seems so cool, and now I'm in my thirties and just kind of old and somewhat over it. It doesn't feel the same. Well, Roboto is a great DIY space, and they get a lot of talent in there, and everybody's very nice. There's no problem with that. It's just everybody is so like reserved isn't the word it doesn't feel like a music venue no and and there's no seats and you there's not a lot to do there's just like it's just like everybody acts like a wet blanket like everybody acts like the show they're seeing is the first show ever and you have to be sort of like hey welcome to this this is what's going on and marketing isn't great like you just gotta like if you book a show at a diy space in pittsburgh you have to do all your marketing that's the only way people come to it and it's just like there should be some type of entity that goes like i'm not a wet blanket and i'm not saying you have to be an extrovert i'm just merely saying you have to know how to uh, market your product yeah. and what's going. It's like there. too bright in there or something. It's you something have weird, <laughs> like, like, like you know. You have to tell people what's going on in like the clout of it all is like, oh, I'm going to a show there. Oh, I booked a show there. Oh, I'm playing a show there. And it's just like, guys, folks, more so, folks, like you gotta like everybody just acts like they're just like. Nah. It's like you gotta like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why you're gonna have fun. This is why you got to come. Here's the bands on the bill. Let's get it. And no one, it's just like, well, I mean, the thing too is like, obviously the space, 
there's a lot of bands that are playing their first shows ever yeah. there. So yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's a good, it fosters, you know, a, a, the young community of bands, whether it's actually people that are young in age or just young bands, even if they're in their fucking twenties, they're just learning how to be a band. Yep. So I, that's where really, you go. it's super crucial. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's on the podcast over the years. I feel like I've, I've intention. I've not thrown shade at Roboto, but I've, I've said my I've spoke my piece about the space. I've heard it, <laughs> but like I, I just hope it doesn't come off the wrong way to no, anybody no, no, because no, no. it's just like one of those things where it's just like I, I I like that we have that space, but I also wish that we had something that was a little bit more. Uh, I want to use the word gritty, but I mean that in the nicest way possible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and and, and you're exactly like, right. You know, no. something that was like maybe just like a little bit like. You know, something that's a little bit outside of the city, you know, something that, you know, a place with a parking lot, kind of like how AMC had something that's just a little bit more like where you could actually feel like you're a part of. I don't know how to describe it. I, again, I you feel have like I'm, it. I'm you doing that. It. Are you afraid of the dark syndrome in my head? Where I'm like, You have it. I'm so. romanticizing an idea. No, you have it. And it's just like with that particular venue and it, it is great. And, you know, everybody associated with it is great. I mean, I've seen great performances there. Actually, some of my favorite shows are actually I, I've I've seen at Roboto. And in what it is, it's just like when you walk in, it's not in and, and I'm saying this in a, a very fine way, but like it, it's not in your face like it should be. Like it should feel like like a hug. Like when you like, when you want to be in a DIY space, you want to feel like like I'm comfortable and, and everybody just like keeps their hands in their pockets. I don't know if there's ever been a person that has gone to Roboto for the first time, walked in the door and not asked themselves, am I in the right place? Bro, you have it. Period. So I feel like back yeah, period. <laughs> back in the, you have it. You have it. I feel like back in like the day like of like Wilkinsburg. Yeah, the whenever, Wilkinsburg. Yeah, the, the Wilkinsburg, Wilkinsburg Roboto was, was like sick. Yeah. yeah, the Wilkinsburg Roboto was sick. And I yeah. feel like a, a, a revamped version of that has been like preserving hardcore yeah. out in like New Kensington. And I, I think they just actually moved like their venue. They have like a the, bigger yeah, space now. Yeah, they bought a new building. It's not moved yet, but yeah. But like um riparian played out there and it was like one of the coolest shows that we've played like in a while like yeah when we played out there with Greywalker, we had a blast yeah it's really cool like aj like that that guy actually has a way of building a scene wherever he goes and like that's one thing that i've always respect about him uh just with within like the community that he like brings into a venue Mm -hmm. so that's like one of the coolest things. I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, yeah, no. Preserving yeah. hardcore you're very, you're is very like valid. One, yeah. Yeah. Preserving hardcore. And it, I think it's preserving underground now. It is. Yeah. But it's, like yeah. it's it's like really sick. Like I, I encourage everybody to go out there and check it out. Dude, I, I, I always love bringing this up. So in in high school, I saw a show at the Wilkinsburg Roboto. Mm-hmm. It was it was Himza. Three inches of blood. Whoa. Black Dahlia Whoa. murder. <laughs> okay. Three inches of blood. Black Dahlia murder. I have Wilkinsburg one. Roboto. I have one question about Wilkinsburg Roboto with that show. Was it on the stage or on the floor? On the floor, but people were like all around. Yeah. That sounds hard as fuck. Dude, that sounds it was, awesome. Yeah. It was the shit. Red Cord. Was that? What? Oh, the Red Cord was a band. Yeah. Red Cord. I saw there. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I saw Red Cord there. <laughs> I think. I think the most insane show that I saw at Roboto was uh, Wilkinsburg Roboto. The Wilkinsburg yeah. Roboto. It was a mirror. 
uh, a band from back in the day. I don't know if they play shows still or not. Those who fear. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like it was just beat down madness and like <laughs> people were getting hurt and it was sweet. in a positive way though. It, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was yeah. in a positive way. Like, I love getting hurt in a yeah. positive way. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> I love it. It was like, really cool, man. Like, like it was fuck just me up. Yeah. Like, let's go. And it was just like, it, it was whenever all these bands were like super young and like, dude it was just heavy in there at that point in time it was like the most insane thing that i've ever experienced in my life yeah uh talking about those who fear just made me think of the was it the blue violet cafe oh my god i love the blue i've never heard of this that place was was so awesome so my old band uh bought and blood always played out there like we were like the house band i felt like for a while like it was us those who fear and like uh, strength to endure and like just there were so many like a lot of those ban- sentences there, bands. There, was, there was a there was a lot of there was, <laughs> there was a lot a of sentence like, that was yeah. the band 2004 name. metalcore bands that played out there and stuff that were like so freaking awesome that like dude it was such a blast uh-huh like yeah, was that a- was another cool space yeah blue violet cafe that was out in what rochester rochester yeah, yeah. That, never been pa there. not new york rochester. yeah no i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that place ruled <laughs> that's sick dude. but that was like another like all all ages space that everybody was yeah. welcome and stuff like that and like and there was also Giorgio's and turtle creek <laughs> I, yeah i do know that one that the, that one you mentioned i did remember that yeah by yeah. saint coleman uh-huh. saint coleman grade school yeah and yeah. like all those spaces had that's like the it that i wish that like roboto had or yeah. like some other space had you know i mean i'm not gonna roboto's good at what it does yeah but i wish we had another blue violet cafe or a um giorgio's a space mm-hmm. like that you know what i mean uh black forge in allentown was doing great for a while but they're not doing shows there anymore since they moved to mickey's rocks so i recently heard that they're actually trying to do shows up there again oh really yeah that's good yeah i just talked to ashley the other day whenever i was i was up there talking to my buddy tyler uh and uh ashley kind of like talked in the conversation like that they're actually going to start trying to do shows again there that soon. would be great um, so the like, new black forge has been killer they're yeah do, they're doing a really i, good, I love yeah. that new black forge space yeah. like it's it's really cool they, like, that, that's definitely filling a gap for sure for sure yeah no we need like more venues in pittsburgh that have like that 200 cap like kind of like space have right there, either so. of you gentlemen been to the roxy and in mckee's rocks yeah. yet it's like a less very less, but a less sterile stage AE sure. is what that is. And stage AE is a venue in Pittsburgh between the two stadiums, which is PNC Park and Heinz Field. And like that's your sterile, sterile environment venues. And bands, good bands do play there, but you just go there and you're just like, ugh. I like seeing bands on the outdoor stage. Sure. If they play outdoor there. Yeah. The indoor stage is a little weird, but I have seen some tight shows there too. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen great shows there, but you just go there and you're just like, ah, uh, like what's like I'm saying if you went there and you were just like, is this going to be a this might, kind of show? Is this? this might be one of the douchiest things I've ever said out loud, but I'm going to say it. Sometimes, 300 episodes. You deserve it. Sometimes like if I see a band at stage AE, I get mad at myself for liking a band that got so big. 
holy cow, dude, you're so right. Every time like I, I saw die, Ghost at Stage A E, every and time I, I die, like, Stage A E, every time they tour, like I'm just like speaking of every time. Uh, so, um. <laughs> I feel that in a way, but also I'm like really happy for that band. Totally. totally. Because like, oh, it's not about I saw, that. But yeah. that's the like, thing. It, it transcends. Like I'm yeah. going to go see Rammstein in Philadelphia and like, yeah. in a fucking football stadium. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to see this band in any, any place smaller. But to your Bigger. point, I appreciate it. Yeah. But to Sykes' no, point, I'm just like, oh. So I saw Sleep at like Mr. Smalls whenever they like they came in. And a couple I, years ago, uh, yeah, like that. a couple years, like uh, like a while ago, yeah, um, three years ago. But like it ago. was packed, like you know, you were body to body with everybody, like in that crowd, like that was such a cool thing to experience. But mm-hmm. then, like Sleep, then played Stage AE after that, and it was just like Ooh. there was too much room to like move around. I felt <laughs> like, okay for like yeah. a sleep show almost like, yeah, I don't know. I felt like I should be bumping into the person next to me. Like whenever it came down to it, like in like a small theater. And then I don't know. I got to like sit up in the balcony and like just nod my head to mm-hmm. like sleep while it was happening. And I was now just, as, like, as yeah. musicians, as musicians, um, you both both of you have been in multiple bands every uh you know different projects you're still in projects do you have a favorite venue to play do you have a favorite ve- and maybe you don't but i'm saying like do you have a favorite venue to play the Honor- rex theater is really really nice okay um i've only played it with great i mean i guess i've played the rex theater as sykes but not with the band sure but gray walker has played there and i think that it's a great space mm-hmm. it always sounds good and the people there are nice. Do you remember when it had seats? Yes. It oh, doesn't have seats. Dude, anymore. the first time I ever my first metal show I ever went to was at the Rex Theater. And what really like got me involved into like heavier music was Static X at the Rex Theater. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Static Wayne with that Static hair. With that hair, man. Oh, I Looking like around. the Slim Jim guy. Yeah. Like it was awesome, dude. Yeah. Like that's like what like if we flipped you 180 i could see the inspiration (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure but like yeah that's whenever like the rest i think i was like 13 or 14 at the time and like i saw like static x and like soil open for them i think (laughs) yeah it was crazy yeah yeah. i think they played like the the that cover of like black betty that they did too (laughs) which was like it's interesting when bands biggest songs are covers (laughs) i always feel bad yeah and it's it's not that i like or dislike it but low-key i'm like oh yeah it's not not your thing huh but you're gonna do it yeah 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 yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, that's not their decision. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why I'm like, yeah. I'm not like, I, I'm i just saying like, oh boy. So you're hit, huh? This is the one that people want. Yeah. To, to bring it uh, full circle, Jurgles, it's where like people play covers and oh, they yeah. kill it. So, so <laughs> was it the Jurgles like off of Babcock Boulevard or was it the Jurgles out in like Warrendale that you're talking about? Warrendale. Warrendale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got a feeling yeah, there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think my favorite music venue to play in the city uh, is um, the Smiling Moose, actually. The it's, Moose is great. Yeah, I love the Moose. Like, I hate loading in there, but after you do it, it's so worth it. Like, mm-hmm. it's so much fun. And then you got tacos next door. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and they recently upgraded that taco place. Yes. It's big. It's so good. And free candy. Yeah. Mr. Smalls is great too. Honestly. Oh, Mr. Smalls is a blast for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either stage. Both stages are really cool. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, like I think that the thing that's great about space is like all those places that they have like people that work there that give a fuck. Like really good sound engineers and mm-hmm. lighting people that are really good at their jobs. And I'm friends with all of them and it's just like it's cool to be able to play a place and have people that give a fuck about helping you look good and sound good and mm-hmm. just be accommodating it means it, it makes all the difference in and the world all that fun stuff yeah right? and that's yeah. what you need really within like any music venue is like somebody that just gives a fuck yeah like about whatever production goes on within the show uh, like sound comes down to it, stage presence comes down to it, obviously, and then you know that's up to the band and whatnot. But promotion and you know just the sound all in general. Like if you in, if you invest into your sound system, like you're gonna have like bands come out that are gonna be like, cool, we like playing there because it sounds good and it makes us sound good, and which, people are yeah. gonna come out because we sound good. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't think, and a lot of people that don't play in bands that maybe just go to shows they may not realize like a band could play their ass off but if it sounds bad yeah people there may not have a good time and they may not fully understand why they're not having a good time but it's totally because like oh well the lighting in this room is hella awkward and it sounds bad so i don't feel comfortable and we've all had that experience where we have a band that we like really really appreciate so we're like we're gonna get there early we're gonna get a good spot in that and when you're in the, you know, the front three, four rows, um, speakers are, you know, they're, they're away from you. And so, like, you don't hear oh, every, yeah. like you, the sound. You're hearing just, the stage. You're hearing mud. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh, yeah, I, I want to see this band. And it's mud. It sounds like mud. Like, I know what they're uh, the uh, the vocalist or the lead singer or the lead performer is saying because I know the words, but I can't hear any of them. But there's to your both of your credit, like you know, with the good setup and everything like that, you're like, I want to I want to see a show here or I want to play a show here, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, but like not only that, it's going to bring back like the business for like that venue. Yep. If you have that good sound system and stuff, it's going to bring back the business to like that artist wanting to play there. Mm-hmm. And that's good for your business. That's good for the Everything. artist. Yeah. It's just yeah. like overall like good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to change the battery in the camera real quick. Oh, I'll no keep problem. talking. Okay. Um, so I guess from what that said, you had said your favorite, uh, venue and your favorite band and everything like that. Um, do you have, uh, with your current project, do you have like any favorite songs that you see that people react to, or maybe a favorite song that you like to play? So, um, a lot of the times with like just writing in general is being able to display like a new song that's happening and stuff. Uh, there, there's a couple that we're working on right now that we just recently played a show at the Smiling Moose again uh, with Gorod, Vela Nath, and uh, Wolf King. And it was an absolute... Wolf King. Yes, Wolf King. Sick name for a band. Hell yeah. They're, and they're a really good band, too. They're so awesome live. Uh, we we just uh, we opened up for that show, and... Uh, it was cool to see like the expression on some people's faces whenever like you're just like debuting a brand new song 
and a bunch of brand new things that you have within your band and stuff like whether it be like you know me and my guitarist are pedal freaks whenever it comes down to it yeah. so like stepping on a brand new pedal and bringing a whole new sound to like the, the what you have the, going the, on yeah and like the yeah. whole atmosphere thing like it really sets it off and stuff so like being able to display like that with like those couple of riffs and like you know just the new songs that you have going on and stuff like i think the newest song i don't even know what the name of it is right now because it's so new <laughs> but we played it at the smiling moose it was like the last song of our set and it went over very well cool and cool it's you could build on that yeah you could build on that and like obviously with it not being recorded yet you could still make improvements and stuff on it here and there because like the audience has no idea what they're going to listen to at that point in time it's like it's a brand new thing for them. It's a brand new thing for you. You're both experiencing it at the same time, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. You're kind of working out yeah. whatever you could work out with that. Yeah. 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 So like, I know who knows if like a drum beat's going to like change or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But sure. whenever it's like recorded sure. and like, you know, the final print is out for it and stuff and like everybody's going to listen to it, mm-hmm. then that's whenever expe- expectations are needed and stuff. So I think my favorite thing to do is, playing new stuff Mm -hmm. just because like it has that raw energy that you throw into uh your your live performance like a music set like you're like okay here are the you know what they say like the here's the beats yeah and then here's let's let's get this going see what this does and see Mm -hmm. what this looks like out there yeah see what this looks like behind me beside me and yeah i I could understand that yeah and 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 kind of go from there build from there so that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. sick but um i have um with your permission sykes i have a a, one more thing to go let's fucking talk about it dude okay because um for uh listeners just on the podcast you haven't seen it but for folks watching the video uh in front of the camera you've been watching for quite some time there the referee that i spoke of before is sitting on a black van and it's a very 70s van so um real quick it is in fact 70s it's from 1977 and this was a thrift find from thrifty podcast again that's what i do thriftypodcast.com um so i'm going to take the referee off it and what i have in front of me is a black van with a yellow orange and red stripe from the hood all the way to the back um, it's a very, uh, not in color, but in shape. It looks like the Scooby-Doo van, only it's black with the stripe. It's definitely a Chevy. It's definitely a Chevy. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you have it correct. <laughs> Absolutely, 110%. <laughs> but this is a, uh, with Goodyear tires on it. This, uh, this was a thrift find that I found, and uh, every week we find different thrift finds. This is called a van blaster so i'm going to put it closer to the camera now for uh folks just listening to the audio um so what we have here is a gas powered van from 1977 and i've had this van on the table for quite some time but what i didn't have on the table because for aesthetic reasons it looks like garbage but i have a busted to bits box and um the box of the van blaster i'll put it in the mic 
and it's all coming apart. My, uh, my, uh, actual real life dad had one of these as a kid, which is sick. Um, but just reading some things from the back, um, what I enjoy about it is there's, um, and we could even remember in our days, uh, do you remember when like 1-800 numbers and hotline numbers existed? Yeah. Well, if you had issues with the van blaster, gas-powered van, you could call the Cox Action Hotline. Cox Action. Cox Action Hotline, 800-854-3544. And again, that's 800-854-3544. Hang on. I kind of... I kind of want to call these guys I right now to see if this is. I was hoping that somebody oh, wait, hold would. On, hold on one second. Do you still have a headphone jack on that phone? Uh, I do actually. Yeah. All right. Hold on one second. Well, so what we're going to do is um, for this van blaster from 1977, the hotline number on the back of the box, uh, we are going to call it here to see. And, uh, you know, I'm going to assume it's disconnected, but 800 854 3544. See if the van blaster still has folks on the other line. Maybe they're ghosts or maybe they're older. 800 854 3544. Okay, cool. 3544. All right. We're going to give we're going to give them a call right now. Okay. It's ringing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so the Van Blaster Sykes, I'm sorry we couldn't deliver for episode 300. Um, but what you do is, and I have to, it works, but the thing is it's gas powered and I don't have gas in it, duh. But um, it's a quick start engine. Uh, it starts with a spin of the finger. What you do is you turn it upside down and there's a thing you kind of get it going Dude, with. that's crazy. <laughs> and um, I'll read a part of it on the back uh, from the box. An engine made from precision machined steel, aluminum and platinum alloys with a tolerance measure so inconceivable that even the finest auto engine bows with envy. And that wow. is the uh, the van the free running van blaster from 1977. Shout out to my very own dad for having one of these. But this was uh, uh, something with Thrifty Podcast, and I'm going to put my referee back on it. So the only thing stopping this, and maybe for episode 400, uh, I'm going to get I'm going to put uh, real life human gas in this. <laughs> when you go to BP Sunoco, put that that gas right into this car so for episode 400 i'll have the van blaster running around your laptop and sound equipment sykes okay so that was three that was the I'm hold you to that that was the th- oh hold me to anything that <laughs> hold me to anything i'm here i'm here to mess around for life this is who i'm this is who i'm gonna be like we talked about like this is who i'm gonna be this is normal to me i will get this gas powered by episode 400 all right. Yeah. For for start the beat 400. <laughs> Sounds good, dude. Hell yeah. That's sick. But that was the finds I brought today anyway. So before I, I pull the plug on this discussion, I imagine that we're still going to be hanging out, sure. shooting the shit for a little bit. I'm not in any rush to go anywhere, but we uh, have almost been recording for two hours. And sure. how long does this really need to be? Yeah. We can yeah. go on all night. I feel this is if, great. If you're still listening to this, 
and you want us to not stop, then your ass should have just come and hang out with us. Yeah, there, Jordan. There's also <laughs> he, Jordan actually messaged me and he was like, I fell asleep. I'm sorry. There. Well, if you're listening and you're still interested in listening, there is 299 episodes of Start the Beat and you could listen to the whole back catalog. Sure. I've done an episode with Lou and Brooks. Of yep. his band Riparian. Yeah. Why don't you let the people know I, about that real I quick? I totally recommend checking out that episode as well as Riparian because uh, we're a pretty sweet metal band in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, go follow us on you know Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff, uh, whatever social media you have, except for Twitter because I haven't made a Twitter for that yet. But maybe eventually I will. Uh, yeah. Go check out some good death metal in Pittsburgh, and we're always constantly updating shows and stuff on there uh, that you could check out and come and head bang your head to. Yeah, so, and yeah, and Toddy has made several appearances on the show. Yeah, in one some, on one and in group panels yeah, and in some in form crashing of the party and other ones. Who yeah, are, just some form all of over fashion. the place. You, yeah. you, yeah. He's been around. So. I've been around, but yeah, again, uh, thriftypodcast.com. I do that. Uh, as I said, I t- each week I take one of my friends thrifting. Uh, my friend Josh is on the show a lot. Uh, Josh, last call, Larkin. Shane Becker, who's also been on um, uh, Sykes Projects uh, one time or another. Yeah. Um, he's a good boy, but um, one of those two are likely on the episode with me. I also do, I sell vintage clothes at brick body kids on Instagram. And that's what I do for a living. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I have to say, honestly, like, uh, uh, thanks for cluing me in and making me a part of this. And it was great meeting you as well. Yeah, dude, (laughs) I'm looking for, I want to, I want to see this thrifty episode. With Lou on it. Why don't Soon. you come on both of you? Both Holy of you smoke. Dude, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that. Yeah. Let's all do each other's stuff now. Because that's gonna, what this is about. If you get both of us on an episode of Thrifty, we're just going to talk about like a mud vein CD for about 45 minutes. <laughs> that's like all it's going to be. Let's do it, dude. <laughs> Let's do it. Burr, like, ding, burr, burr, ding, burr, burr. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll do we'll do thrift finds and then the second act of the show just riff on Mudvayne baby. well I just imagine we would didn't we find a system of a down CD when we yeah. were thrifting yeah like that the one with the yeah. hand on it yeah 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 and um, it's interesting because we went thrifting you were on a part of that episode and I found the Brett the Hitman heart foam heart yeah that uh, this is no joke no lie that is top five finds of me in my life yeah in my life his face in my life i wish dude. that there was like video of his face like finding that thing just like looking over like it was like man so, this is such a wholesome moment like so I, <laughs> I go to goodwill outlets and in goodwill outlets for those folks unfamiliar goodwill outlets it's uh it's a thrift store but what it is it's just people donate stuff and it just travels around and everything like that so what it is, is there's nothing on shelves. There's nothing, anything. Everything gets rolled out on blue bins with wheels. Dude, I've heard about this. Yeah. There you go. So it, uh, so uh, new stuff gets rolled out in blue bins. And once the bin, well, every Goodwill outlet's a little bit different, but the one we went to, it rolls out on blue bins. And when the bins stop, you just dig, 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 dig. And they charge you by the pound. So people go crazy. Um, so I went out with Sykes 
And Brett the Hitman Hart is a wrestler. Um, I grew up on him. He's one of my favorites. And merchant wrestling merchandise from the 90s, obviously early 90s, it's very hard to find because it was very niche. It was very, it was just something. So those foam fingers that you see for bands, everything like uh um like artists, everything like that, uh, football teams, baseball teams, everything, the foam fingers, the number one finger, everything like that. Well, Brett, the hitman heart had a foam heart and the bin rolled out in say swear it was on top of it and it landed right in front of me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I grabbed it and I remember you were looking at the clothes and I hold it, I held it up and I was like, you don't know how rare this is. Like I grabbed it. I was never like, it was so cool. I'm talking top five of my life. And I'm, I'm saying like, there's things less valuable and more valuable that I found. I'm saying to my soul, to my heart, Mm -hmm. like. I can't believe I found this. It's extremely rare. It's, it was in really good shape too. It, it's in my living room. It's not like some like dog chewed it up no, or kid no, no, tore no. it up. It was you, like in yeah, perfectly fine condition. So instead of a foam finger, it's a foam heart and you put your hand in it and you're like, yeah. And I'm telling you something like I had found that in the Goodwill outlet bin and it was such a good day for me as a person. And I was glad Sykes was there for it. Like, that's yeah. awesome. It we, just we, made we, my like pretty much weak, if not more. I really appreciated I it. I feel like the most exciting thing that I found that day was a set of Mardi Gras style beads uh-huh. that had the Red Baron frozen pizza logo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you find. And that's why that's why my new homeboy is going to be on the show. Because oh, you never know. And the like, funny thing is, is you're paying by the pound. So literally both of those things weigh nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. bet you play it. And, and it's foam. It's a foam yeah. heart. Foam don't weigh anything. Yeah. Like there's soundproof foam in the room we're recording right now. It doesn't weigh anything. So imagine just a sliver of foam. <laughs> it, it like it was basically free. And this thing like I grew up on, I never had like, I, you know, I never had it. And I was like, yo, thrifty is the reason why I'm here because like that's so sick. That the I other thing that. that was really fun about being there, I don't want to spoil your your potential experience. Hopefully this <laughs> happens. But like motherfuckers know Toddy at the thrift store. And there's some people there that are like super savage when it comes to like the bins. And they're very like cutthroat about the bins. And yeah. I was like introduced to this world of people that are like very, they take this thrifting thing oh, very seriously. I as well take it serious. But the things, well, I shouldn't say that, but the things I look for, not a lot of folks look for. So depending the time of day, depending the day of the week, it all depends. But like a lot of the times at different places I go, nobody's looking for the things I'm looking for, but everyone knows me. So like I could kind of do what I want and find the things that I want. And they're not going to think anything of it. So when I saw the bin being rolled out with the uh, foam heart in it, I definitely positioned myself to be approximately where the heart was going to be when the bin stopped. <laughs> but I knew I like there wasn't going to be anybody like, oh, I got to get this foam heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when Sykes was with me, yeah, he saw a lot of the culture. And that's what I do for work. And people are weird. Like, okay, 
as we talked about earlier in the episode, like my normal is a different normal, but even in my normal, those people are weird. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, anyway, so, but Sykes was like, no, like legit, one of my top favorite finds I've ever found. And I do this pretty much three, four days a week was with this guy to my right. That's awesome. No, no lie. That's that's no lie. Cool. I had a good time. I just remember there being one person when we went out particularly. And I remember you just kind of like to the side, just being like, no person's crazy. Yeah. Or no. something like, <laughs> yeah. something like the, you no, got, like, no. yeah. yeah. Like Ixnay. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's it's a good it. time. Yeah. Highly no. recommend. This has really gotten me really excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I sold you on the time and my podcast. Thank you. And you sold me on. And your we band. also had some oh, great yeah. Indian food. We had, we went to Dude, Mint. I'm yeah. always up for some Indian food. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We went to Mint. We had a good day. And that's what I, uh, how I said too before, like when you go out with Thrifty, it's like a whole thing. So like, I kind of hope I like you because it's a whole, like we go thrifting. <laughs> we're going to like, and you're thrifting for two, three hours. So you're hungry. So it's like, I hope I like you. Yeah. And like, that's not always the case, but I try my best and I like invite everybody in. And sometimes like, um, something, and that's the thing that I, uh, I, I really like about thrifty too. Uh, sometimes I do things and I'm just like, this sucks. And this is just going to be the episode and things didn't click, but I just go for it and I'm just going to go for it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And people who listen to the show know when it doesn't work, but people who listen to the show when it does work, they're just like, this is sick. I know this almost like, like a metaphor for thrifting in general. Yeah. Right. And that's why you get it. Yeah, Yeah. That's why like you just go for it and you just, you just hope it works so with a you know 100 some episodes of the show you gotta think like 50 are pretty good and 50 are just like i hope you like it you know <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah i'm 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 glad to do it and i'm glad as we talked about tom green and all that stuff that's what i try to bring to this thing i just want all my friends to just come out give it a go you know, shoot your shot. If it don't work, it don't work. We'll move on. If not, it was fine. But if it works, pretty cool. And there's about 15 episodes of it that I really, really remember um, as highlights of things I do. And Sykes is definitely on one of them. Well, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that's not a lie. That's I hope true. one day I can come back on. I hope you get this motherfucker on the show. Oh yeah, he's going and, on. And, and, I and, like him. <laughs> I like him. He, he'll be on. We'll work it out. Hell well, yeah. We have broken officially the two hour mark. So with that being said, that is all, folks. If you're still here, thanks for being here one more time. Lou. Toddy. We all li- we're all literally cheersing with empty bottles right now. No, I got some. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of more here, so we'll get more into that. I'll tell I'll tell you what. Uh, it's been 300 episodes, and uh, yeah, I'll be back again in a couple days with 301. And here's to another 300 of these fucking things. So I'll see you in a couple days. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Have a good day. Happy Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) And we are done. (laughs) 